You're listening to the Auctioneer Tech Auction Podcast for the week of 3 November 2008. Auctioneertech.com. Technology, auctions, and auctioneers. Auction tech for the auction industry. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Auctioneer Tech Auction Podcast. My name is Aaron Traffis and joining me today for the second in the Auctioneer interview series is my friend Darren Mears, CAI GPPA. Darren is Chief Operating Officer, Auctioneer, and Lead Asset Appraiser for the Mears Auction Group. He is also a member of both the National Auctioneers Association and the South Carolina Auctioneers Association Boards of Directors. Good evening, Darren, and thank you for joining me. Hey, Aaron. How are you? Uh, I appreciate the invite, and I don't know if I've ever had that good of a uh, introduction anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background and, and how you came to be an auctioneer. Well, um, my name uh, is Darren Mears. I am the uh, chief operating officer now of the Mears Auction Group. Uh, had a little bit of change in our company here lately, and uh, I don't know if I've moved up the ladder or down the ladder, but still. <laughs> Um, I started in the auction business full-time about six years ago. I've been in it all my life. Uh, my dad started our company in 1972. Um, I think I worked my first auction about 1977, 1978, uh, running bid cards, uh, the clerking tickets, things like that. And uh, I think I moved up from there to concession stand and then on up the ladder. And I finally said, look, it's time for me to... Uh, uh, time for me to get in front of the crowd. So one of the first auctions he let me ring was with Ivan Broadwell in the PTL auctions. If you remember Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, uh, that was probably one of the first auctions I stood on stage in front of a large crowd, and I was probably 10, 11 years old. Oh, traveled the country with the NAA. Probably my first convention was Las Vegas, 1981, and then Houston, and on down the line. Being from an auctioneer family, my parents uh, uh, followed the NAA and the South Carolina Association, and throughout the uh, time in the uh, profession, I have been able to uh, meet, greet, and work with a good number of the uh, leaders uh, in our profession, and I appreciate the opportunity that everyone's given to me to serve on the auctioneer boards in South Carolina as well as the National Association. Um, other than that, I just do everything that I can to advance the auction profession and uh, try to find new ways to um, advance our company and the profession. I teach a lot of CE seminars. Uh, matter of fact, I'm leaving November 20th to go to Cabo San Lucas to speak at the Industrial Auctioneers Association Convention. So um, I do a good bit of traveling, and uh, my wife doesn't like that part, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm setting a firm foundation for the uh, next generation of auctioneers coming up. Wonderful. Uh, what kind of firm is Mears Auction Group, and what kind of assets do you specialize in? Well, we are a the Mears Auction Group is an umbrella for three companies. We have Mears Auctions Incorporated, which specializes in estates and collectibles, mainly uh, coin and firearm collections. We do a little bit of uh, commercial and industrial. 
The second part of that company is headed up by my father, Larry Mears. That is uh, Mears Land and Auction Company, which is our real estate division. And then um, we all join forces for Southeastern School of Auctioneering. It's the only full-time auction school in South Carolina. For those listeners who aren't familiar with you or haven't yet had the opportunity to meet you, your trademark accoutrement is your bow tie. Uh, tell me a little bit about bow tie benefits, how long it's been around, and, and what kind of charity clients you're serving. Well, I tell you, that was something that grew out of the um, CAI class that uh, you and I attended. I had some people that uh, uh, we had had some discussions about some new directions with the company and some things like that. And one of the biggest things that I have seen in our area is the benefit fundraising and charity auctions. The bow tie came along with uh, the Southern Gentleman, um, which I don't know how well I fit that bill, but still, the Southern part works. Um, I went ahead and said, and most people that know me know that I'm a little bit different from the crowd, so uh, with everybody wearing long neckties, I decided to go a different route and uh, pull some of the Southern roots out and uh, learn to tie a bow tie, thanks to my wife, and start wearing those. The bow tie benefits end of it came about because um, I needed a catchy title. Bowtiebenefits.com was available on the website and, or on the web, and I just added those two together. My goal for 2008 was 10 benefit auctions. So far this year, I have either booked or conducted 22. Um, one of my favorite events that I look back on was uh, the Gary Player uh, invitational. Uh, Gary Player, the professional golfer, he moved his golf course design division to Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, had a chance to work with him this summer, and they hired me to become their auctioneer for uh, 2008 and 2009 and possibly 2010. So grown by leaps and bounds. There's no doubt about it, and I love every minute of it. Boy, it sounds like it. Um, with with all of these different different venues that you are pursuing, um, I, I, I'm sure that you are not the only one involved, and, and it's great that you come from a, a family business. What are some what are some some ways that you keep your uh, your sales associates and your auction managers and everybody on the same page in collaboration and communication with each other? Well, I believe in weekly staff meetings. Um, there are there's some people that don't believe in meetings. Um, you know, they say if you meet for 30 minutes in-house, then you save an hour in the field. You meet an hour in-house, in and you save up to three hours in the field. So I believe that if everyone is on the same page with the meeting schedule and we keep a standard operating procedure in place for different facets of the company, everybody's on the same page. One of the things that we've instituted is even though if somebody comes up and says, hey, I've got to have this auction right now, we don't do anything until we meet at the weekly staff meeting. We bring proposals to the table. Uh, we talk about marketing. We talk about the structure of the auction, um, inside, outside, online, on-site, whatever it is, and everybody has a chance to voice their opinions. One thing that I like to make sure of is that anybody can voice their opinion. Now, of course, some people won't do it. Some people like me do it more often, but... Everyone has a chance to do it in an open, non, an open, non-threatening atmosphere. Where if you know somebody comes up with something off the wall, 
Absolutely. Let's try it. If it's something we've done in the past that hasn't worked, you know, we'll bring it up and say, hey, that didn't work, and we'll tweak it a little bit. But I think to keep everybody on the page, you have to have standard operating procedures written down that everybody can look at and follow. What are some of the main ways that you handle the, the marketing for your events? What are, what are your favorite marketing venues? What are some things you have, you have tried that have worked and, and some things that, that you probably won't try again in the near soon? Well, one that I will not try again is a billboard. Um, it did not work for us. We got a little bit of traffic here and there. Um, to the website, a couple of phone calls, but nothing like a billboard should, be, uh, should do. A billboard is mainly a reminder. You know, you drive that venue every day and just say it's on a main thoroughfare to somebody's work. They see it, they see it, they see it, well, bam, it disappears. Literally and figuratively, it's still there, but in their mind, it's disappeared. It's blended into the landscape, and they don't see it anymore. Of course, uh, you and I have talked about this many times, the Internet. That is one of our biggest um, biggest advertising uh, mediums that we use. You can stretch a dollar further yeah, that's the best way to stretch a dollar. If you've got marketing dollars, just say you throw out a $1,000 marketing campaign, you've got the Internet and various sources on there that are absolutely free. Craigslist is one. Um, we advertise on realbird.com uh, for some of our real estate auctions. I think it's $89, $99 a year for as many listings as you can put on it cool thing about RealBird is you take those listings and it gives you the uh, HTML code to paste into Craigslist so that you don't have a text Craigslist listing. You can have a RealBird flyer into your Craigslist listing. Um, E-Neighborhoods is coming up big for researching um, uh, real estate neighborhoods and uh, demographics. RealBird has a section on there that they can pull the school district information, things like that. Um, eBay, the $150 classified listings has worked for us. Um, thousand other websites out there that you know we've used from time to time. The uh, auction services email blast is one of the big ones that we've used for our collections when they've been online uh, through proxy bid. And you know we also use the uh, we've also used the proxy bid slider ads that appear on the proxy bid homepage. You know, we've done that, and we've had good traffic from there. Trying to think. Email blast, definitely. We try to send out at least one a week. Um, I like the way there's a company out there, and I, of course I'm not going to halt companies that I don't use, but there's a company out there that always sends out an email blast that says there's still time to register for, you know, whatever event it is. I think that's pretty cool, and I've sort of tweaked that just a little bit. You know, registration's open for this auction. Marketing with email, if you do it the right way and you use a, the first couple of lines of text that appear in Outlook and uh, uh, Zimbra and Eudora and uh, however many clients you have out there, that first couple of lines is the most important because that's your attention-grabbing part. Um, you know, I could go on and on and mm -hmm. on about this, but I don't want to go too far because uh, I'm teaching part of this in uh, the CAI 2 this year, and I don't want to go too far with it. <laughs> no, no, no worries there. Um, what is your What's your position on, on, on print and in traditional advertising, newspapers and direct mail? Is that something that you continue to pursue? Or are you reducing it, its importance? Reducing it. Reducing it. Absolutely reducing it. And I'll tell you this. What we have found is, and you look at the uh, um, 
some of the nuts that are out there for print media, every everything in print media is going down right now because people are looking more and more to their emails. Um, you know, if you carry a BlackBerry or a Trio or an iPhone, something that gathers emails, you're going to look at that and use that as a marketing tool more often than print. Now, one thing that we have done, we've sort of tweaked our print a little bit. We have an advertising contract with one of our newspapers here in the area, and we go ahead and, you know, block off X amount of dollars a year so that we get a better rate. Problem with that is you get a better rate per line, but that means you got to put in more lines to make that uh, goal. Well, what we did, we looked into it a little bit further and found that the newspaper also does two magazines. They do 15 different publications, four more newspapers. So what we've done is used our advertising contract to advertise in other areas. Um, there's an ad. It's a two-by-three ad in a Wednesday paper in our main paper, and it gives you a display ad for one day that you can put pictures, a whole lot more information in than any classified ad. So we've we we've reduced it, but we've tweaked it a little bit. Postcards, we were doing um, uh, the eight and a half by a uh, five and a half by eleven size colossal postcards. We reduced those to the eight and a half by five and a half, and now we've gone all the way down to the uh, postcard rate postcards, and we get gang runs of those, and you know send those out for seventy, eighty dollars. And everything that we do, we drive it back to the mm -hmm. electronic media. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do has our website at least two times on there so that it drives it right back to that media. And we're getting you know, 15 to 20 to 30 new email addresses on our list every week because of things that we're doing to drive people right back to it. I'll tell you another thing I did. At the auctions, I went out and did uh, Vistaprint. They give you 250 free business cards. Um, I think it cost you about seven, eight dollars to ship them to you, or something like that. Well, anyway, we put our website on there for free auction updates. Log in, put your email address on. We've gotten and we give those out. Another thing that we do, we drop those in box lots at the auctions and drawers and furniture and things like that, just so that people will pick them up and log into our email. So. To go back and answer the question, we still use print because of the age demographic here in our area, but we've reduced it. You bet. Whenever, whenever you advertise, there's always a, a, a desired action that you're, you're, you're trying to get the reader to perform. And I, 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 I'm squarely on your, on your side where that action is, isn't maybe necessarily anymore to come to the auction. It's to go to the website to get more information because it's so much cheaper to, to put the, the details on the website and to use the, the more expensive traditional media to drive them there and, and to use it as lead generation for the website. Until recently, Darren, you, you maintained your own website. You, you, you relatively recently launched a new one. Um, who does it now and what prompted the switch? Well, um, Auction Services does it now. Um, I went ahead and I gave it up. That was my baby for a while, and it got to the point to where I wanted to keep up with everybody else and their websites and you know, put some more out there and all of this. Well, I went ahead and I learned front page. Well, front page didn't do what I wanted it to do, so I thought about buying Dreamweaver. Well, with the learning curve and things like that, 
I decided not to. So with my Apple, I used iWeb. I put something up, it looked good, but I still didn't really want to maintain it. So what I've done is I've pretty much given it all over to Rick and his crew with Auction Services. Um, they maintain it. If I've got any changes, I just shoot them an email. They change it, um, you know, based on the cost structure that we put in place, you know, uh, any major changes, of course, we pay for those. Uh, but we went through and said, this is what we want. Build us a beta. Let us look at it. I mean, they hit it. They hit the nail on the head, and it just – it was what we wanted. Well, the main reason behind it is that you have to look at two things. You have to look at your time and your money, and you got to figure out which one's more important. Well, right now, with me running the company and trying to take it uh, in a different direction, my time is more valuable right now. So I would rather go ahead and put the put the money in it, put the investment in it, and then take my time and put it elsewhere to replace that money and grow the company. You bet. What software, Darren, are you using to clerk your auctions? Auction Flex. You are using We're Auction Flex. We're using Flex now. Yes. Well, we we learned- started with it. Um, we started with it after the convention in San Diego. Well, I won't press you too hard about it. As the last the last podcast episode was was the interview with Brandon Harker, who makes Auction Flex, and you can find that at auctioneertech.com slash auction dash podcast, or just go to Auctioneer Tech and, and click on the links. But uh, I, I I am curious to know from you as a as a user of Auction Flex, what were what were a few of the um, the the aspects that that influenced your choice, and what do you feel are its are its biggest strengths, and and what do you wish it would do better. Well, a um, little history. Back in uh, about 82, 83, we started with Cuss with one of their first systems. Um, we started using it. We moved forward. We outgrew it. Now, of course, these programs have evolved, but at the point we outgrew it, went to another system, wound up uh, 10 years ago, I guess, with Maxa from JBS, outgrew it, um, and wanted something that had a little more expandability to it. And actually, we started talking with uh, uh, Brandon and Chris with Auction Flex in Madison, Wisconsin, I guess four conventions back, and trying to kick around some ideas and things like that. Well, we got to the point we said, you know, it's time for us to move on. We want a Windows-based system. Uh, I love the DOS aspect of Maxa because it was a stable platform. There's no doubt about that. But this way we can go in and have the, um, uh, you know, if we decide to do multi-par, it's on there. If we decide to uh, catalog a different way, it's on there. We can do the PDF catalogs and things like that that, you know, are built into the system. The radios have been upgraded. We've got a uh, handheld unit we use now to uh, clerk the auctions. Uh, and we've got a um, uh, a taller antenna mounted on our trailer now, on our clerking trailer, that allows us to move around with a handheld. So positives, um, the Windows, um, I like the way it interacts with Windows, and I can go from Excel and some other programs right back into it. Uh, the expandability, the ability to have the handheld, um, there's a couple of cons. Uh, there's a lot of updates that have come out here recently, and um, you know, with each new update, something changes on the interface, and my 
clerks and cashiers have to go back in and relearn part of that and, uh, you know, figure out what that new update is. Um, they do a good job sending out a book. The problem is all of my support staff are not as computer literate as I am, and it takes them a little bit longer and they have a bigger learning curve or steeper learning curve to get to the point to pick up on those updates. Um, trying to think. That's, that's about the negative that I have seen here lately. Now, I know updates are generally to make the program better, to respond to, uh, you know, requests from auctioneers, things like that, but I think those could be expanded out, you know, two or three months or four or five months out before a new update comes out. Other than that, uh, we, we've been very happy with it. Customer service is very happy. Um, what I wish it would do, to be honest, it's almost like uh, the human brain. They say you use 20% of it. I would say we probably use 20 to 30, 40% of the software. There's plenty more expandability that we haven't tapped into yet. So at this point, I don't know what else it would do or what else I would want it to do differently. So you're pretty happy with it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So yeah. what then kinds of, of Internet bidding platforms do you use and um, what what types of Internet bidding as far as, as pre-auction only or Internet only or, or real-time uh, have you have you used and, and, and will continue to use? And, and how has the Internet bidding affected your business? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, the proxy bid is the only Internet bidding that we've used of course, outside of eBay, um, you know, back uh, we were power sellers on eBay at one point, and um, you know, we went to um, uh, about five years ago, I guess. Proxy Bid had done an auction here in the area with another company, and stopped by and just asked us about it, and uh, we jumped on board, and we've actually done, I believe, we've done over a hundred auctions on Proxy Bid now. Um, we do the um, uh, mainly we do live online bidding like we did today. Uh, I call it a hybrid where we started out with pre-bidding and then moved to the live platform. Uh, we did a coin auction today, uh, about 300 lots on there. Um, now, one thing that I have introduced a little bit uh, in the past uh, three or four months, I've been doing more of the timed auctions on there for some of the ones where we don't want to uh, devote a full crew to uh, run a live auction, so we've done timed. Another thing that I've done, um, uh, well, actually, you and I both did, with uh, the CAI fun auction. Mm -hmm. Putting it online, that was actually the first live benefit and fundraising auction that I had done on proxy bid, and since then, I've done three live internet auctions for benefits and fundraisers, and I've got several timed auctions that we are um, uh, adding to the mix now with some of the benefits and fundraisers. I've got an article coming out, um, uh, should be in the next month or so, about how to use online bidding to sell the items that may not have sold at a silent auction in, uh, in a fundraising auction. And, you know, I've just seen that that has been a key to our business uh, we are we're directly between Atlanta and Charlotte on the I-85 corridor, and we're about 20 minutes south of Greenville, which is the second largest city in South Carolina. 
problem is we're in one of those areas that everybody says, oh, you can't get there from here. So mm-hmm. even though we are really closer than people think, we don't have as many people that come in the door. So we have to drive our marketing to get people in our door. So the Internet allows us to pull in bidders from all over the country. Uh, we've had bidders from Italy, Belize, Germany, Canada, Mexico, uh, one or two more countries I can't think of now. But that has been a key to us because, you know, with real estate, you look at location, location, location. Well, ours is country, 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 and people don't really want to come out to where our building is. Uh, we've been here since 1972, so we don't really don't really want to spend the money to move. So we spend the money to do the Internet auctions and bring the people to us. I think the last... Uh, uh, the last coin auction we did, not not the one today, but the one we did a couple of weeks ago, I think we shipped to 30, 26 different states. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is the key to us using the Internet, and it's been a big boost to our business. What are, what are some other cool and unique ways that you're using technology to improve your business? Oh, let's see. I am, well, the funny thing is, and I just put my son in the bed, um, I work from home four days a week now. Um He just moved to a new school, so in doing so, my wife teaches at that school, so she can't be at home. So I said, well, you know, I'm 500 yards from the office. If they need me, I can go in, so I'll just change my schedule, and I work four days from home. So um, doing a lot of instant messaging, uh, MSN instant messaging, um, do some iChats every so often on uh, the Apple iChat. Uh, doing a lot of emailing, doing a lot of conference calls through remote uh, uh, remote offices, uh, GoToMeeting, uh, Apple eMeeting, I think that's the title. Anyway, uh, not Apple, uh, the Adobe platform that they've got out now. I've done it with uh, two different companies. And then um, uh, e-faxing, e-faxing. So I'm trying to do everything I can to reduce the amount of extra uh, hardware items that I have to buy for my home to move my office out here because once he gets to the point where he goes to four-year-old kindergarten and he's going to be there all day and I'll be able to move back to my (laughs) office. But now that I'm here at home, I had to um, use technology to allow me to get out of the office. And the funny thing about it, I communicated. I did three coin auctions, the catalog and inventory here at home, and um, I did every bit of my email and communication through my BlackBerry. I kept my computer on Excel. I didn't turn on the email because I didn't want it to flash up and, and get me distracted. So every time I got 50 items logged in, I'd check my BlackBerry, send email. So I did everything as a total remote office at that point. Wow. It was cool. I liked it. <laughs> I get more work done at home than I do in the office. There's no doubt about it. You teach at the Southeastern School of Auctioneering. Yep. You um, you mentioned earlier how you speak at, at conferences, and, and you and I are, are both slated to teach at CAI this coming year. Uh, right. You, you, when you ran uh, and were elected to the NAA Board of Directors, I remember you running on a platform of education, and that was your 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 main driver um what drives you to be so active in the auction industry and and how does being active in the industry affect your business well i tell you what um 
you know, you start looking back, and um, uh, Derek Bach, the Harvard University president, said, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. <laughs> and on the flip side of that, Mark Twain said, I've never let my schooling interfere mm-hmm. with my education. So I'm seeing it from both sides. Um, I said that in Orlando. I said that I wanted the education classes to be in all four corners of the, of the country so that you wouldn't have to travel all over the world just to go to see a designation class. The Education Institute, I don't know if I helped with that or anything, but the Education Institute has absolutely blown that up, and they're all over the country in different places. I feel that education is the key to this industry in a lot of ways. And let's look at it from the millennials and Generation X. If you look at that, they are going to have an advantage on technology, but a disadvantage on face-to-face communication. Face-to-face communication right now is not going out, but it's slowly being faded out to text messaging, emails, IMs, cell phones, things like that. So if you go to the mid-range, I said Generation X, I meant Generation Y. Me being Generation X, I'm right in the middle. Uh, You know, I've got my dad that's been in this business for 30-something years. I've got uh, some of the ones coming up behind me that are the millennials and Generation Y. I'm in the middle because I grew up with technology. My first computer was a TRS-80 back in the early 80s, and, you know, I picked up on that. But I'm also in the middle to where I would rather sit down and record this in your office in Kansas than doing it over the phone because I like face-to-face communication because I can read that person and see what they're thinking, and especially in negotiation. Start looking at the other end of the spectrum. You start looking at some of the more seasoned and uh, veteran auctioneers. They are the ones, this industry is the 55 to 57-year-old range on average. So they are totally in face-to-face communication. They are totally into writing handwritten notes. They're totally into a lot of these things, which is not a bad thing because I love that part of the business. But when you start looking at the education of the technology and the speed and things like that, they're saying, hey, wait, I got here by doing all these other things. Why do I need these? Well, the education bridges all three of those. It's like a string of islands that are bridged together. And if you start looking at it from that point of view, you're going to see that education is going to pull the millennials up and tell them what they don't know, and it's going to help the, um, uh, the more seasoned veteran auctioneers at the other end to pick up some of these things that the millennials know, and it's going to move back and forth. I love the fact that I'm right in the middle of all of this because I see it from both sides, and I get it from both sides, which I think is great. My dad was the first one. He said, I don't know why in the world you want to do an auction on proxy bid. And I said, look, they're giving the first one free. If we don't like it, if we mess up, you know, we're going to do our job the way we always do it. But if it doesn't work, who cares? We're not out any money, and we go back to where we were yesterday. Now, 100 auctions later, he's asking me, hey, are we putting this one online? So the education part of it, I don't think you can be in this business without the education part of it. There's a lot of people out there that say, no, I'm not getting a designation. I don't need it. I'm at the other end of the spectrum, or I can't afford it, or whatever it is. 
right now, and I'm not pushing anything, anybody into spending any money on classes, but right now, as fast as this profession is moving, as dynamic as it is, I say that it looks like an anthill from the top down. You've got to have some type of education or some way to communicate with the other auctioneers so that you can go in and pull what they know. The way you've always done it may keep you at a level. It may be a baseline. It may be a – you just might be at the perfect place. You're making enough money. You're putting enough money back. You're giving enough money. Whatever it is, you may be there, but the education is going to tip you over that threshold, and it might put you in another direction to where you might be able to accelerate some of those and also, you might be able to pay it forward for the next generation that's coming up, whether it's your family or the next generation. Obviously, I'm uh, uh, obviously I'm very much uh, in the education end of this, as you can tell. But one thing that I did, I went in and I started with um, I started in college in 1990. Joined the fraternity. My grades, the school's grades grading skill didn't match so I went home and I started working and I said you know what I said I can work I can work I can work I can work but I want something else so I went back 13 years later finished up my bachelor's degree and I said hey I'm on this uh, education kick and I went in and I went ahead and finished my master's because I wanted to go in and figure out what the world was doing I wanted to know what other businesses are doing I'm reading uh, Richard Branson's new book, Business Stripped Bear, and it's talking about how he's taken uh, the Virgin brand out there and some of these different businesses that he's involved in, and that's why I'm looking at taking our business to new directions. Without the education that the NAA and the South Carolina Association and some of these other places I've been and picked up education, without them and the education they provide, I would probably be stagnant in this industry. The problem is, as fast-moving and dynamic as this in, uh, industry is, if you're stagnant, somebody's going to step right over you like a speed bump and move right on down the line. Now, I'm not saying that this is for everybody. There's people out there, there's auctioneers out there that are so happy with what they're doing. That's great. You've made it. And you know you've made it when you can say, I can say no to this auction and still be okay. I can say no to this and still be okay. I can go for two weeks without having an auction. I don't have to worry about it. You've made it. But there's some of us out there that feel like we need more. We need more. And it's almost like having um, a pocket guide, success secrets of the super achievers. You know, and I feel like I'm writing a chapter in that because you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to move forward. But the education part is just absolutely in my opinion, absolutely essential to what we're doing. Well, that's it for Episode 10. Thank you very much, Darren, for joining me. Not a problem. My guest tonight was Darren Mears from Mears Auction Group, which you can visit at www.mearsauctions.com. That's M-E-A-R-E-S auctions.com. You've been listening to the Auction Podcast from Auctioneer Tech. If you have suggestions, questions, or comments, or are interested in being a guest, please let me know by going to www.auctioneertech.com feedback and leaving a message. You can also post public comments about this or any other episode, as well as find show transcripts on the Auction Podcast page of auctioneertech.com. 
Thank you for listening. Now go sell something. <laughs>